Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mean Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. So, um, it's a Sunday. I try to record these on Sunday. Uh, for me, at least, it's a nice day outside. It's it's bright and sunny. It's not particularly warm, but it's it's sunny, you know? Uh, how are things for you, Mr. Greg Godecker? Things are good. It's sunny here, you know? I thought about getting out there, running the Chevron Houston Marathon this morning, but then I thought better myself. And uh, <laughs> so I'm here at home talking to you about some North Texas basketball. Uh, I like it. I mean, I prefer to be warm and cozy. I was just telling uh, Greg off off air, I guess, off recording, that my son woke up and I was like, "Hey, you, you want some breakfast or something, kid?" You know, he's he's one, and he's like, "No," and he just kind of goes over to his mom's side of the bed and just snuggles with her, and that's the kind of Sunday it is, you know. You just snuggle with your mama. You know what I mean? If you can find a loved one, snuggle with them. Uh, that's why I'm here snuggling with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right so ladies and gentlemen bad bad loss in that losses are not good right we don't want them they feel ugly give you ugly feeling all afternoon but uh you know north texas drops a, a game to florida atlantic in boca raton florida um it, you know like i think objectively speaking as objective as one can get it was a tough loss, but a good effort, right? I mean, I think we we wrote about it and we talked about it before the season. I said, look out for FAU, they're good, right? They have all these returning pieces, like Mike Forrest and lots, lots of other guys. Here's a th- Mike Forrest didn't really play well or play much in that game. I think he had like 12 minutes. Yeah, um, he didn't play well. Yeah, and they have a lot of guys. They have a good coach. They play good defense, and they can score, like, Four or five dudes can shoot, so they don't need. Well, here's our shooter, and if he makes it, we're winning. If he misses it, we're losing. They have four or five guys that can shoot, so any one of these dudes can go off. Um, was it this John L. Davis dude? He has like a herky jerky dribble, but suddenly he became a scorer like this year. You know what I mean? It just it's like he's like, you know what? I figured it out. It clicks for me. I'm a score. You get buckets, floaters in the lane, catch and shoot threes. Um, so all all that to say that. Don't look at North Texas basketball and be like, what's wrong? We need to be fixed. This is, you know, it's a good team. A good, very good team beat us twice. Um, and you can take a lot of good out of that, actually, because North Texas was up for, what is it, 70 minutes of the, uh, of the, I can't even do the math, of the 80 played? Is that what it is? Yeah, 70. We didn't play 80 minutes. It's two 20-minute halves. Uh, yeah, well, it's 40, I was going to say 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Two games. Okay, you, you're talking yeah. about both games combined. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So it's like 35 minutes of the first game, right? And then when uh, Usman got in, uh, got fouled out, he got out the game, and North Texas kind of I don't want to say imploded, but like that's when the the losing began. And yeah. this one, there was no like moment, but I think FAU went up at uh, at the five minute mark. It's just like just over the five minute mark. Um, so it, same thing, right? Like North Texas led 70 of 80 minutes against FAU. 
you just got to make up for that last 10 minutes, figure out something there in the conference tournament. Yeah, really, it's like the last six minutes of the game. I mean, I, I tweeted that out before, you know, that it was going to come down again to the last six minutes and how we handled it. We didn't handle it very well. And our composure kind of got lost in that. Um, the turnovers, which had been an issue, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk plenty about that. Those became a bigger issue. And, of course, <clears throat> you know, McCaslin was obviously upset with the referees all day long yesterday. And then the possible goaltending, which how often does that ever really get called? Like if the guy is purposely grabbing the rim, I think it would have been called, but because it wasn't like his hand, like he didn't do it on purpose, but his hand hit the rim and it should have been called, but it wasn't. And so, you know, you chose that moment to get a technical when you probably shouldn't, when your team was only down by, we were down by three at that moment. That was a pretty big swing. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say a couple things about it. Like, I, I was upset about that moment. I also don't think that that was a great time to get a technical foul. I think you can maybe you can maybe do something like that if you think it's going to uh, rev up your team, right? Or, like, it, there's a longer play there. Like, if I don't say something, then my team's not going to play as hard for me because they don't think that I'm fighting uh, hard for them. Uh, I can get all those things, but I think in the moment, the practical re- the practical return on investment there was a free throw for them, right? And we don't we don't want that for them in a close game. Um, no, there there just wasn't enough time then to rebound from that, right? For your yeah. team to to regain momentum, which I mean they they almost did. They had their opportunities to you know take the lead, tie, but they just couldn't capitalize on it. So I just want to make a note, right? Like, here's the thing that happens when you play good teams. They make you, it's the term, is like they make you play left-handed. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if you're always good at a thing, they will make you play using your weakness, right? That's that's what happened. I think there's a lot of what people, you know, I was reading everybody's tweets about it. Uh, they're like, oh, we, our offense looks terrible. Uh, well, we shot very well. I think in the second half, it was 57% and 45% from three. The offense was productive in terms of putting the ball in the basket. If you, if you say, hey, coach, I put the ball in the basket, you know, uh, six out of ten times, is that good? And I'm like, yeah, that's very good. Thumbs up. Yeah. That's good for you. I mean, look, you know, we missed some bunnies, but, you know, you're seven out of ten in the first half from three-point range, and you're like, okay, well, that's not going to continue in the second half. But really, you were five of 11 in the second half. <laughs> that's still really good shooting from deep range. So if you're 12 of 21 for this North Texas team from the three point line, you think that they're going to win. If, if their offensive efficiency rating is, you know, 113, 1.13 points per hundred possessions, you feel like as a North Texas fan watching throughout the years that our defense is going to play well enough that, you know, we're going to beat somebody by 10 if we do those things. And we didn't because Florida Atlantic, like you, said they're a really good, they kind of remind me of last year's north texas team yeah like they just do everything right at the right time during the game yeah i i think i wrote i forget where i wrote it um they have a little magic right now uh and it, it's like that sort of unquantifiable thing where um you know you look up and you're you're like well they sure need a bucket here and they get that bucket right but and it's not from like their best guy which is easy to to imagine it's like, wh- who is this guy? I don't remember seeing him on a scouting report. 
how did he get a bucket? The ball fa- f- falls right to them. Or like your you know your best free throw shooter's at the line and he misses a free throw and you're like how did that happen? Why does it always seem to happen to FAU right? How do they? So there's a little bit of that there where like again North Texas played well in the majority of two games against against this FAU team. Uh, I don't think that on paper and again just in practical uh, you know competition North Texas is clearly second best to this team. They got beat twice in the late you can call it crunch time you can call it winning time and you can make some moralizings around it right like oh well this team doesn't have the guts they'll whatever i I don't think that's the case we've seen north texas gut out a lot of this stuff i think that north texas is just a little bit more incomplete than fau is and that that can make all the difference what does that mean adam what do you mean a little bit more incomplete how how, so what is that how how do you quantify that well I, i think you can look at fau that they move and they believe in their system and all this other stuff. And like what you said, they look like North Texas last year. And what is what was the, the defining characteristic about that team last year? Grant McGaslin said, I don't know that any team has, uh, has ever practiced as hard as last year's team. They were just, they played hard every possession. They fought for everything all the time, always. And this team practices hard. He said, but guys are stepping into that role. Right, like you have, uh, you know, TP is Tyler Perry is learning to be that guy. Ruben Jones is being that guy every practice. They're starting to figure out and that kind of thing. And so, you know, you have a team that that did it all. You know, they had, and you mentioned there was guys that were in the system for like four or five years, uh, and then guys in the program now have been in there like two, three years. That difference, it's it's a little bit of difference. It makes you half a second quicker, right? Just a half yeah. a second quicker. And that can make the difference between winning and losing against a team that is at that level. Last year, FAU dropped a game at home to North Texas in very similar fashion where they led or they were controlling the game, but when it came down to, to getting those last uh, rebounds, those last buckets, North Texas got them, and FAU did not. Right. And right. Yeah, and that's 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 the basketball. That's with the beauty and and the and the terribleness of it all. It just it's that that much. Um, so I, I don't really feel bad. Uh, season ain't over. FAU's good. Uh, we can put them on our our uh, what is it like your boogeyman list and say, well, we're gonna want them in Frisco, and it's gonna be a tough game. And if North Texas can overcome an FAU, uh, it will be an accomplishment. So you know. Hey, last year we beat Louisiana Tech two close games. Yeah. We went to Frisco. We lost them. It's tough to beat a, a team three times in a season. <clears throat> and really, once you get to Frisco, it, it just doesn't. What happened during the regular season doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Is that like, so the first game, I think both teams did not shoot well. Second game, both teams shot very well. And I think one thing that concerned me, right? You mentioned our efficiency right it's like one 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 dot 13 there's one dot two right yeah they were better i didn't like that john l davis was getting loose and some of that was like um like misfortune right the ball bounces to them on uh on a rebound after a stop and they get a second chance and then they get a layup right well i think they have 13 second chance points and a game you lose by four by you know three or four Having uh uh I think they they had thirteen to our eight right that's that's five points that's a game yeah I mean it's a margin look at, look at 
one crucial possession down the stretch. There was probably like two minutes, one minute down in the game, and both teams were kind of going back and forth. And you had Aaron Scott, probably your your second best on the ball defender behind Ruben, and he was guarding John L. Davis. John L. gave him the pump fake, went around him, hit a nice little fadeaway in the lane, and and that's. I mean, look at there. That's you know their players were making plays against our defense, our our good defensive players on the ball, and so I, I you know in the first game FAU, like you said, they missed a lot of shots, but they had a lot of good opportunities that they missed. Like they were creating shots at the rim, um, and a lot of that had to do with Usman being out of the majority of that game. This game, you know, yeah, he was out the majority. But when he was out, the lineup that was on the floor was actually playing really well. I mean, Jaden Martinez wasn't, you know, he wasn't scoring like Usman could. But I thought like that that whole group, it was, I think it was, um, it was Ruben, it was Edie. I'm, I'm sorry, it was Huntsbury, Ruben, Ruben, Jaden, Perry, and Scott. Like that group in the in the second half, I thought was was playing really good offensive basketball i mean there was there was good movement they were getting the ball into the lane tyler perry wasn't you know he was playing off ball they were getting easy shots for him so he wasn't having to work hard um so yeah so it just you know their their players made plays down the stretch and and our guys just couldn't close it out yeah so one thing i think is that you brought up right that that pump fake I thought FAU again because they have a lot of experience, right? They, I think Davis, Donald Davis is like a fourth year, fifth year guy or something. That those are the guys that are not going to panic. Those are the guys that are going to do, you know, pump fakes and drive calmly under pressure, not just attack the rim and and you know, um, run into trouble. It's usually your freshman guy that's going to do that, right? Like somebody's kind of like, oh, this is a big moment. It's time for me to dunk on somebody, um, and you know, like it's your. It's your fifth year guy that's like, you know what? I know I know my game. Here's a pump fake, a little dribble drive, a slow little runner uh, in the lane, right? Calm as you like. Those are the guys that are dangerous in college basketball, right? They know that that situation, they'll get freaked out. A lot of college basketball is managing freaking out, right? And um yeah, you know, little things can be cleaned up. I think it was like a minute left, North Texas down uh two or three, I forget. And you know, so one of the criticisms in the in the late game was that, hey, well, it looks like our whole offense is give it to Tyler Perry and get out of the way. And yes, that is the offense. <laughs> I think there's two two sides of that coin, right? Is that that won a lot of games for North Texas last year? Uh, that get out of the way, beat Louisiana Tech. He actually shot fifty percent on game winning shots. Here, right? He missed the first. <laughs> Thomasville gets the rebound, gives it to him again. And then there there's the thing. Um, against Texas State, against Virginia in in the you know in the NIT, lots of big time. Give it to Tyler Perry, let him go make a play, and win the game for you. That's not a bad shot. I even thought that even his his rhythm shot at the end. I thought, here's what I mean by rhythm. There was like a thing about it. Uh, he was getting rhythm off his crossover. Right, it's like a free throw routine. And he and I talked about it a little bit. Just you know, I don't want to read too much into it, but I said. How, you know, like, you're dribbling, or do you, have you changed it up? He's like, I don't know, you know, you got that fans or something like that. Um, but I was like, isn't a lot of that about just catching your rhythm so that way you're ready to shoot? Like, it's like dribble, 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 and you kind of know what you want so you can, you know, catch a little a little rhythm to, to 
to dance and get into your, your groove. And he's like, yeah, a lot of it is about that. You just want to have a rhythm shot and, you know, find a comfort level. And so sometimes it's over dribbling. He says he's been working with the coach about that. Um, but sometimes it's reacting to the changes in defense that they're giving them. It's a difficult thing. When you're 5'11", and these guys are 6'3", and they've been studying you, and they're trying, to, they're trying to stop you from getting your shot off. I thought he got a good shot off in that he created space. He got a look at the rim. He got it off. He did a little snake snake arm, a little short, you know, kind of pulled it back. He I hit don't the, like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't like that either, but he hit the front of the rim. And I think all things considered, again, time, space, situation, defense, that was about as good a shot as we could ask for from our best player who can make those shots. I don't hate it. I thought the, the criticism from everything else would be, let's not put ourselves in a situation where we need him to make that shot to win the game. Like That's fine if we have that, but you know, it's Ruben Jones not turning the ball over, driving into traffic. It's uh, a lot of guys passing up, playing hot potato. Um, it's maybe the coaching staff not calling in the play 10 seconds into the shot clock. You know, like let's let's know what we're going to run. Let's be ready to run it, and let's not be afraid of good shots. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> there at the end of the game, uh, what I probably want to see, what I want to kind of see differently is, is, look, every team that we play from here on out, <clears throat> whenever we run the, <clears throat> sorry, the high pick and roll or the high screen action, ball screen action with TP, it's going to be trapped. It's going to be double teamed, right? So <clears throat> there at the end of the game, remove that from happening. So put everybody at the baseline, go one, four low, allow him to create space against whoever is guarding him. And if, if they do run up a, a second person, then have your, your secondary action, you know, built off that, like saying like, look, if they run a double team at him, this is what we're going to do. Instead of trying to say, you know, if they run the double team or they, they trap him, we're going to pass out of it, but get it right back to him and then let him try and make a play like make it easier for Tyler Perry to do what he does best. Teams obviously know what we're going to do in those situations. Like, you know, they Louisiana tech took him away the other night and North Texas knew that, but they didn't need a three. So they let Huntsbury do what he does best. And he hit the mid range fall away jumper yesterday. We needed a three. So maybe if you're McCaslin, like we, we, draw, we didn't need a three. So, so Tyler. Perry yeah. Comes, okay. Yeah, yeah. He comes yeah, out and makes a free two. Yeah. We need a two. Yeah. So I'm, I, and, and still in that situation, if you need a two and you don't need a three, I get a grant's understanding where it's like, like, look, you're on the road. You don't, you want to try and win this thing. Like, but still, it, if you just need a two, then get downhill, get to the free throw line. Like, but at, at what all I'm trying to say is that make it easier for Tyler Perry. I feel like we're making it tough on him at times to get the shot that, you know, he's capable of getting. Yeah, and so when 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 uh, fans, Mean Green fans are saying, man, I don't like this offense or this offense looks broken, I think those are the things that you're talking about. And so my comment earlier, right, like good teams make you play left-handed, right? Like that that's a sign of a good team is that when you try to get into your go-to sets that they are ready for them, and they make you go to your second, your third actions, or they make you pass it to the to your second or third option, you know. And that guy had like all the like, when you're drawing it up, we're like, let's get Tyler Perry the ball. He can go win us the game, right? What is your second one? Well, if we can't get Tyler Perry the ball, let's get it to Kai Huntsbury, right? Kai Huntsbury is good. 
He's a capable scorer, but he's a second option, right? There's no shame in that. And, and, you know, he's a pretty good second option. But that's an example of a team taking you out of your, you know, your ace, right? They're making you play left-handed. So, you know, what do you do? You build up your left hand, right? You know, you build up your second option where it's good enough or better or, you know, I mean, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, great teams can make you get out of your first, second, third option. And then you're like, I don't even know what how we're playing anymore. We can't do anything. I thought I knew how to play basketball. I can't play basketball anymore. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Right. Like we can we can do a better job, meaning, you know, the staff and all that um, of coming up with things that get our players the ball in positions to succeed. Um, like. I didn't love that. It was like it was a little too much. There's Chris and like it's, I think that was maybe too many dribbles there, uh, Tyler. Maybe yeah, I, then, I think he wanted that three. And this thing is, I think he likes it. He feels like this is a comfortable shot for him. And he made I think it was it three in this game or five. I can't even remember off the top. Of he made five threes. Five. But I mean, you look at the the majority of those five threes. At least four of them, or maybe three of them, were off ball threes where. It was other guys that were finding him an open space for him to take a three. I know he hit the one step back three. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if he hit another one off the dribble. I want to so, say he hit uh, at least two of those, and and one of them came to put North Texas within one, right? Because he missed a free throw, and then then we got a rebound. We came down, and then he did a little cross him up, and then he pulled up from like the right side, from our, you know the the court's right side. And then hit 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 the three on a step back, and so I'm trying to understand what he's doing, right? So in my head, I'm thinking, well, you know, what's he thinking? Well, he's like, the last shot I took, I made, I cooked him up, I got to my spot, dribbled to my right, pulled up, hit a jumper. I'm gonna cook him up, <laughs> dribble to my right. I got space, three point time, you know, chance to go up. I don't, I absolutely do not hate that shot. It, it's. No, it's, I mean, it's not the ideal one, but it's, I don't hate it. Best player getting the ball off, even against it was like one point one and a half defenders because another guy was coming over. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind Tyler getting the shot. It's just like make it easier for the guy. That's why I'm just like, yeah, the, he is maybe the best three point shooter in Conference USA. He's maybe the best three point shooter in the country because the dude just does it. I mean, five of seven, and and what he's shooting in conference play or what? What is it like forty? He's shooting. He's shooting fifty percent in conference play, and he's taking fifty threes. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, and all his threes are not catch and shoot from the corner, right? You know I mean, no. like kick out. It's you know, like off the dribble. And so I was saying, I was telling my wife this. Right? I was like, what he's doing is Steph Curry, Dame Lillard stuff. Like these are degree of difficulty threes where everybody knows they're going to get it. They got two, three guys running at you, and I think what you can see is that TP is running into us the same stuff that Dame Lillard and uh, Steph Curry ran into at different points in their career. That Dame Lillard got a lot of, like, he got blitzed, right, in, in the playoffs. The teams were just running at him, and they were getting the ball out of his hands, and he didn't do a great job handling that, right? He, you know, he, he didn't score as well. I think he dropped a little bit. But, again, this is when he was a professional basketball player and had <laughs> professional time to deal with it. He went the offseason, he worked in his game, he came back, and then now you can't do that to him. One of the things he was like, I'm just going to shoot deeper threes. Uh, the other thing is he improved his handle. He started splitting the double team better. He read the defense a little bit. And he understood what was coming at him. These are pro- professional Dame Lillard, right? Not college yeah. Dame Lillard. Uh, my po- the point I'm making is that, that it's a journey in this point. 
uh, he's good enough to deserve blitzes at him when they send two guys at him at different points. They vary the coverage. They put a lot of length on him. So he's dealing with higher-level college basketball problems than you know your average college basketball dude. And yeah, and the, I mean, the majority of the guys that are setting the screen for him is Uzman, right? Yeah. So, and, and that's not a, that's not a threat to make something happen at the top of the key. If, if Aaron Scott is setting the screen at the top of the key, well, now he's a threat because he can, he can hit a three and now yeah. he's showing us he can that he can drive to, the, <laughs> yeah. drive to the basket. If it's Jaden Martinez, teams are starting to you know, slide back to him for coverage because they know that he can hit a three yesterday. It was Kai Huntsbury setting the screen, but he didn't really set a good enough screen to help. And really on, on Tyler Perry's last shot, he was open before the shot and, you know, Perry could have hit it off to him, but it, it I mean, again, it doesn't matter. So again, it's, it just all comes back to make it easier for Tyler Perry. If you're grant like time situation, like let your best player and he, there, there might not be a better player in Conference USA. I mean, he's playing in, in terms of Kim Palm. You know, he's at the top of the all-conference list. He, he passed Jelly Walker yesterday, who didn't play because of an injury. But there's really not a lot of people playing better than Tyler Perry right now. And that's saying something because it looks like it's difficult for him at times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think, the again, when, when there are teams, people tuning into the game, they're tuning in late in the game, maybe late in the half. And that's when it's Tyler Perry time. And that's when teams are like, all right, anybody but this dude. <laughs> I mean, let's blitz guys right. out of me. So uh, going back to us, and, and I think that we're saying similar things here, is like, to me, um, it feels like a little bit like a coin flip. And it's great, and it's legendary, and it's highlight real worthy, but it's also stressful uh, to, to give Tyler Perry the ball, clock ticking down. Like, let's save that. For when we absolutely need it, right? And again, I think we try to we try to use that card, and it, it didn't work. But I'm fine with it because I know it's going to work. It has worked. It's it's okay. Um, it's like that Michael Jordan line. You know, I took a bunch of game winning shots, and I missed a lot of them. I missed whatever it was. You know, he's willing to take them, and I I you absolutely need a guy that's willing to take it. That's step one. Um, all right, going back is that the Ruben Jones turnover. Um, it's those other shot clock violation things where we get the ball to TP. But it's like with three seconds left, and there's no time for him to do anything. Um, you know, like he still needs to create space. Like if you want to call it a weakness, it's a, it's a weakness in that it takes him about five seconds, six seconds to create enough space to get a shot off. Like you can't. He's not six seven, right? He can't just say, uh, "Let me take a side dribble, rise up, and then fire this three from from wherever I am." Uh, that's you, you gotta. He has to create space. He's five eleven. He usually has like a six foot or taller dude on him, and it's very difficult to create that space. You have to give him off balance. Sometimes it takes a couple dribbles, um, and so he gets a criticism over over dribbling. But that's how you create space if you're if you have a four or five inch height disadvantage. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we have to do something. R- really, yesterday came down to turnovers. We had sixteen turnovers. Mm-hmm plus the shot clock violations, which yeah. was like five or six. That's that's 22 empty possessions against the best team mm-hmm. in Conference USA, a top 25 team on the road with their largest crowd ever. Yeah, you, you, You're not going to win that game. And, and we still had a chance, but we had no business being as close as we did based on those things happening. Mm-hmm. So 
we're averaging now in conference play 22 seconds off the shot clock before 22 seconds per possession. And in college basketball, the shot clock is 30 seconds. And if it resets and you get a rebound, it goes to 20 seconds. So look, we're, we're taking shots with eight seconds left on the shot clock the majority of times. And I think that when we do take those at 22 seconds or even a little bit before, those are good shots. We're getting good shots at, at those times. We're getting bad shots when we're getting to, like you said, Tyler Perry having to hoist up a miracle at the end of the shot clock. So something, I think Grant, there needs to, something needs to happen. Like if we get to a certain time in the shot clock, if we get to 20 seconds and we don't have a shot, maybe instead of going to Tyler Perry with three seconds left, you go to Usman in the paint at 25 or something, because if they double team him, somebody else is open. He's getting really good at handling the double team. And then that creates the shot. And I feel better at the end of a shot clock of Usman taking a contested baby hook in the lane over Tyler Perry having to go through two guys and probably the majority, they're probably one of them is six foot 10 and the other guy's six foot five. Like I I just, it's just like change, change up a little something there. Yeah. There's, there's something Mm -hmm. happening that's leading to too many of those things, right? Like, I mean, just going back, you know, to the Western game, to the middle game, a lot of similarities where there was turnovers, you know, this, that, and the other. But there's a lot of Tyler Perry gets a ball and he doesn't have enough time, so he tries to get a shot off and it's an air ball, right? He airballed a lefty runner against Western. Uh, he airballed a three-pointer from the corner against middle. Um, these these are not good shots. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of ruining <laughs> TP's stats a little bit. He'd be an even clearer favorite for, for Conference USA Player of the Year if he didn't have to take some of those wasted possessions. Uh, I think he still is the favorite. I mean, yeah, yeah but, you know, what I'm it would be even more clear cut. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that, like, where, um, I don't know, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not with them in practice. I'm not getting all these coaching points. They, they obviously are responding to a lot of these, right? And talking to them, it was, it was good to, to, get a chance to, to get some interviews with well I talked to Tyler Perry, Ruben Jones, Aaron Scott, Coach Mack a couple times, uh for an extended period of time. That was it was real good. Um that you can hear what they're saying, right? And what like the coach is saying. They said independently, for example. Uh they're like, yo, coach writes on the board all the time, forty minutes, you know, games forty minutes. Uh Scott Jones both said that, and I talked to Mac. He's like, "Yeah, I don't know, if, you know, I ride on the board all the time, forty minutes a game." Um, and they talked about like Tyler Perry talked about the the other guys doing a great job working on their game, improving in areas um, after shooting poorly against FAU the first time in Denton, about hitting the gym, working on this, that, and the other. Right? Talked to Aaron Scott, and he's like, "I've been working on shooting threes. I know that's what I need." And then finishing around the rim and attacking and doing a dribble. Like you saw my little pull-up jumper against the uh, middle. Been working on that. And you can see it paying off. Like he says he's been working on it. Everybody says he's been working on it. And we turn the game on. And then, you know, you're like, man. I remember when Grant said, hey, look, this guy could be, you know, one of the best players in North Texas history. And you're like, I mean, I see he has the athleticism, but I don't know if he's – and now you're like, oh, okay, I see it. He's hitting three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's doing – Yeah, we, we saw it yesterday. Man, what a game changer. Like, just the growth – and that's fun to see. Like, I mean, the kid put in the time, and to see it as a fan, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, 
our job is to appreciate that, right? Like, I mean, uh, you know, they're they're uh, they're the competitors out there doing the work, putting on the show, and I think it's our duty to recognize that, right? You know, like we have to see it, not just be like, I find it boring and generic to just go out there with our, you know, the fan response being, ah, oh, we gotta shoot better. Like, yeah, yeah, we gotta shoot better, right? But are we appreciating the shots that we're getting? Like, that was a well played offensive game, in a lot of respects for North Texas. There's some things to work on, but like I was saying, I was making a point about like Dame Lillard. Um, there's it comes a point where it's the next challenge, and it's more interesting than are you willing to take the last shot? It's uh, hey, there's two guys make again making you play left-handed, and they're asking something of you that nobody gets asked because they're not good enough to be asked this question, right? Nobody's saying this to the the bench guy, you know. Like I was watching the Spurs game. Nobody's asking this question of Keldon Johnson right now because he's a, he's a he's the best player on a bad team. They're like, eh, whatever. You let him get thirty. It doesn't matter because he sucks. The team sucks, right? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but you know what? They're scheming up for like Luka Doncic right now, right? They're like, how do we get the ball out of his hands, right? They're they're gonna ask questions of Luka Doncic, to and that and then his answers to that are gonna make him better, it make himself better, right? It makes you better to be in in tough games where they 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 challenge you. So all of this stuff, right? Challenging Tyler Perry, challenging Grant McGaslin, the whole squad. It's good. It's going to make them a better team. You play good teams because they, they have the capability of asking questions of you that make you a better, um, you know, basketball team. And so I, all this is good. It's good that they got they got challenged at this point and not just like a physicality thing, you know. It's not just like – I felt like UAB sometimes was like, well, they're just fast and they're just big, you know, and sometimes they're just yeah. bullying you. And you're like, okay, it's just about being tougher. But, like, this team was, you know, challenging North Texas more. When they made them play defense, and they made North Texas play offense. And they, they challenged the way we played tempo. You know, they, they were playing a little yeah. bit faster. We got They got us running a little bit. You knew that going on the road into that place, you were going to have to play way better offense than you did before. Um, and North Texas did. And so here's the thing. Like, everybody loves – our defensive efficiency ratings. They love our defensive stats and all that. And, and that's great. Like it's, it's great during the regular season. It can help you win a regular season conference championship because it, it helped us last year. The defense was what carried us through. And then Tyler Perry's magical shot making at the end of shot clocks. <laughs> but when you get into March and you get into conference tournament and NCAA tournament play, Offense wins the day. You have got to be able to score, and your defense becomes a complementary piece to what you can do offensively. So we have to continue the growth offensively that we've seen the past really three games, where we 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 played a lot better offensively. There's been you know Aaron Scott's been stepping up. There's been better ball movement. Guys are getting involved. That's going to be key coming into March because that's more important than what we're able to do defensively. I we'll figure it out. We'll get better. We'll get some more stops, you know. And so yes, FAU shredded us and everything. But again, offensively, that's the most important thing when we get to Frisco. Can we score? Yeah, I mean, I I, I look at it similarly but different. I, I know what you're saying, and I agree that that like the the differentiator when it comes time to that is like, can you score? when they are super focused in and locking you down. And to me, like I was saying, it's like they're they're not only making you play left-handed, but left-footed. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're making you dig deep and find prob- uh, solutions to problems that you didn't think you were going to encounter. But that's that's a great 
thing about competition, right? It's uh, one reason why you say we're going to be great defensively and focus on attention, you know, attention to detail, is that you you don't beat yourself, right? There's if you take every possession seriously, offensively and defensively, right? Then you're getting the easy points. You're 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 there's a layup to be made. You're making it. There's an open shot to be make made. You're you're making it. You create open shots because you set good screens. Focus on the details. Set a good screen. Get open. Get to your spot. Be ready. Uh, get in shooting position. Right. You know, bend your knees. Get hands ready. Hands up. Get ready to attack. All those little things, in technique and this that, and the other, and recognizing uh, the defense and where you're supposed to be, helps you get the easy shots. Right. Hey, you know what? When he they go on this pick and roll, if I flash like I'm supposed to, the ball will be right next to me, and it's about making an easy layup, right? Turn around, scoring. That's easy. But the score that needs to be made, that's the uh, I need to get by two guys with the shot clock running down. Do you have a guy that could do that? Yes, we do. And so then that, that, that makes me feel good about that. I have to call those little shouldn't plays, right? Like in a sch- when you're scheming it up, X's and O's, you don't say, um, all right, cross over this guy. Spin around that guy, float her in the lane over these two dudes, right? You don't say that. If you have a guy that's special and can do that, that changes the game. So same thing defensively, right? Is uh, don't give up silly plays. Don't get, don't you know, watch the game. Don't get called ball, ball watching and the guy backdoors you, and then you know it's an easy two two points this that way. Uh, make sure you get a hand on the ball, lots of effort. This that the technique defensively, so to make sure you're not giving up easy two points, right here and there. You want to make them. Is that you want to make them earn everyone. Like you want to make them go to second, third, fourth option. And then that didn't work, so it's, they start the offense again. And if they score, again, with the John L. Davis pump fake floater in the lane, you're not happy about it, but you're like, you know what, we made them work a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought just random random shout-outs to memories in the game. Um, uh, Edie, Martinez, Scott. Uh, I think Ruben Jones hit a catch-and-shoot three. I think all those dudes hit a catch-and-shoot three. They look comfortable doing it. They let it fly. That was great. It's great to see them do that. I think North Texas offense is, gonna, is in a good spot when they are doing that. Um, Abu Usman didn't play well offensively scoring the ball, but I thought I think he kicked out two early ones like in the first five minutes of the game. Wide open threes, right? Double team, he, he stepped through. Good pass. They said they were working on him with that. They didn't like the way that he was passing out of the double teams against Western. Like, they were, and I looked back and they were a little soft. Like, ah, get the ball out there. Just kind of <laughs> rolling to their feet. But this one, he firing the pass into the into the pocket. That's that's how you get a bucket, right? Like, uh, you know, get it get it to shooters who are ready to shoot. Um, and then that he flew out to block the shot on Greenlee, who had a wide open, <laughs> seemingly rhythm three with about a minute left. If he hits that, Greenlee hits that, game's over at that point, right? No, Texas is down like six. But it's a block shot. Scott comes over, so it's a Usman-Scott double team on Greenlee, and he tries something. Tyler Perry gets credit for the steal. But that's a Usman, that's a Scott play. Um, great stuff. And that gave North Texas a chance. North Texas will give itself chances. That's what we can expect from this team. And I, l- I love that. You know, like Even when they make mistakes, you're like, ah, oh, they're not playing as well as we know they can play. They're still going to effort. And they're still going to give themselves a chance and set themselves up for for heartbreak potentially. <laughs> that's that's sports, <laughs> though. You know, that that's sports. You can't you can't lose a crippling game in the playoffs if you're not in the playoffs, right? So that that's what that's the the, the other side of the sword, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Mid South road trip 
that was notable. Uh, you beat Western at Western. Western was sort of down, but they bounced back. You know, they they beat UAB at UAB uh, the other day. Middle, I think Middle's still a solid team, and they're very good defensively. I thought that they did to North Texas what North Texas usually does to other teams. Uh, and mm-hmm. then you heard, I think, a middle guy say that, and then and then I think Ruben Jones said that too. Um, any any observations from those two games? <clears throat> the um, the Western game, I you know, Western's always a concern because there's so much talent there, but they don't play up to the level of their talent just because they don't get good coaching. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we had the hot start against them and then had to kind of hold on at the end. Uh, it, you know, it, it was nice. It was nice to see them beat Western at Western. Like, it, it's just, it's always nice to see that game. Then getting into the Middle Tennessee game, like I always felt like going back to last year when Middle came and played us at our place and made it difficult and forced us into some uncomfortable positions and turnovers, the way that Middle is like built they're like built to beat north texas just <laughs> the length and athleticism that they have from one through five is difficult on a unt team that's i don't want to say we're small because we're not really small but we don't have the athleticism like middle does and so like that first half they were just carving us up defensively i mean just absolutely shredding us with great movement then you had dishman get into some foul trouble and then that helped them get back, you know, kind of into the game. Then once Usman came back in the second half, you know, everything really changed for North Texas defensively. And so to be down 19 on the road to middle, who was, you know, one of the best teams in conference last year and had all these guys returning to be able to come back in that game and not really do it with a huge offensive output, but just to do it by the way that, it's North Texas on brand. You grinded out a 19 point comeback like that, that, that stood out. I mean, it, it, and again, it was guys like Scott that made plays at crucial times. Um, it, the play of Ruben Jones has stood out the past, you know, from Western from really, I think the game before Western, you know, he had just been playing really well and within himself, like just, you know, he was getting into the lane. He was making layups. He was getting fouled, making free throws, um, taking care of the ball. He was getting other guys open. Like, he was hitting people on passes and dropping dimes. I think he had, in the middle Tennessee game, he had uh, he only had one assist. But it felt like he had more um, in that game. So yeah. Just, I mean, he, he was kind of making things happen. That, that was, like, the, the deal. Like, yeah. Um, so just kind of going back, just to interrupt you for a second. I feel like he's the answer, and I know we had talked about this in the postseason, like right after that Virginia game. We're like, looking forward next year, what do we want? We'd like Ruben Jones to take the next step. I think he's taken a step. I don't know that it's the step that I was, like, hoping for, right? You know, like, hey, he could be, you know, like, right now it's Kai Huntsbury, but he's the second ball handler, and he's the second dude that that's sort of like the score, right? And he, he does a lot of the same things that Tyler Perry does. And that that's cool. I was hoping and kind of thought that that might be Ruben Jones, that you can give him a couple possessions in pick and rolls and then see if he can kind of get to the bucket or even, you know, hit a three or something like that. I don't think North Texas does a lot of that. Uh, And, you know, I don't know the reasons. It could be that, you know, hey, we just like this two-point guard option and uh, Kai Huntsbury does a lot of the point guarding 
and so that saves uh, TP, and so we just go type uh, TP Kai Huntsbury, and we're fine with it. And it's hard to argue fourteen and th- and four, you know, up to this point with that. So. Yeah, I mean, like I, the way I look at our roster is we don't really have a point guard, but we have three guys that are close to being ones, but they're more twos. Ruben is a two. Tyler Perry's definitely a two. Yeah. Kai Huntsbury's definitely a two, but they all handle the ball. The best passer out of all three of those is, is definitely Ruben Jones. Like there, there's nobody that is a better passer on this team than Ruben Jones. But there's also nobody that makes like softer passes at times and lazy passes as Ruben Jones. That's, that's what frustrating you. Like you see him drop like a beautiful dime and then he throws this one handed push pass that gets picked off and you're like, come on, man. Like, I know you can be better than that. So (laughs) like, but as far as getting into like the North Texas offense is predicated on inside out. It's, it's all about, you hear McCaslin talk paint touches, right? And so when Usman in the game is in the game, that's a lot of the paint touches. So you get into him, he either creates or he kicks it out. When Usman is not in the game, a lot of the paint touches comes from a guy like Ruben Jones because he's able to get into the lane and then kick out for open shots. And we saw that for that period, you know, when Usman was out there in the second half, he was the guy that was getting into the lane and kind of kickstarting the offense and making it, you know, better shots for guys like, um, Scott and like Tyler Perry. So, <clears throat> I mean, like if, if it was up to me, I'd, I'd move Huntsbury to the bench. I'm not, I know they're not going to do it, but I'd love to have Huntsbury as a, a scorer coming off as the sixth man instead of Ruben Jones. I'd like Ruben to just be the primary one and ball handler. Cause I think that would make the offense flow a little bit better to start off games. Again, they're not going to do any of this, but I just, I mean, like if anybody is, a point guard on this team that's that plays out of the, the seven or eight people that play, it's it's Ruben Jones. Yeah, I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Um I you know, like I think that would solve some of the issues. You know, like I said, you know, high level issues. When I say issues it's not like, man, this offense is terrible, how does it get easy to revamp? It's like the challenges that you face playing for a high level conference championship in Conference USA, right? Like uh, how do you beat a UAB? I, I'm not concerned about being an FIU on Monday, right? That's coming up um, at 6 p.m. I think FIU can be dangerous, but, like, you know, they, they took FAU to overtime. But some of that just, you know, like, uh, familiarity. Well, I think the FA, FIU game could be dangerous because of how you just lost to FAU. Yeah. Right? The, the Florida trip is always going to be tough. So where are they mentally? If they're in a good place – and they play like we know they can, they they can beat FIU. I mean, you know, we, we got out to the 20-point lead last time against FIU and North Texas, and then we watched that lead evaporate, which is starting to become a trend at the end of the games, which is kind of concerning. Um, and really it goes back to turnovers. That's how other teams are getting back into games against us. Um, I think that's that, where that would be, the lack of a point be, guard comes into play. Yeah. You just need a like – yeah. you need a – you know, it's an old-school term. You just need somebody – to, to handle the ball like a point guard is getting guys into spots they know you get there you get there comfortable with the ball and then they like able to get guys sp- uh, the the ball in spots and getting the, the, the right guys the ball and then also find some scoring because sometimes the, the the right person to have the ball is yourself um and then you know go score that way that's the classic point guard role 
Yeah, but I mean, the other thing is, like, you look at, there's still a lot of teams that don't play without a point guard in college basketball. Like, I mean, it was almost like Texas Tech started it a couple years ago with Beard, where it's, you know, you got one through five, they're all interchangeable, they can all do different things. And so North Texas is kind of built that way, like, when you have Ruben and you have Huntsbury and Tyler Perry all on the floor at the same time, like, they're, they're still a difficult team to guard, right? But like you said, in the crunch times, when you, you definitely need a point guard to, hey, we need to run an offensive set here, and you need to be here, and you need to be over there, like, that's where we're missing that point guard sense. And I, I feel like the, the only problem I have with Ruben doing that is he's turnover prone. Like, yeah. that's that's just the thing, and that's what's killing us is turnover. So if you're McCaslin, do you trust – like, I feel like he trusts Tyler Perry to be the one in those crucial situations because he doesn't turn it over and because he has that magical shot making versus Huntsbury, who he also has turnover problems. And then Ruben probably has more turnover problems than both of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <clears throat> some of it, I think, is that like the, the offensive um, skill set and on coaching staff is not as great as their defensive skill set. And um, I mean, you know, like, I think the other thing you could see, and some of the just coaching style, is like you see Mac coaching up on the floor, and I don't know that he has another guy on the floor to do that for him. Right? You know, the, another cliche is that the coach on the floor dude, a lot of that is the floor general being the point guard, right? Like, uh, you know, a lot of great point guards said, I would get guys into spots. Like, that was my role. Like, I'm the point guard. Like, you, here, you, you're too close to our score. He needs to get he needs space for me to, you know, dump the ball into to this guy. You get out, you cut through. Like you hear the staff saying that, right? You hear Mac, cut, you, move, come on, get out of here. And you don't see a whole lot of the players doing that. And I mean, like I said, it's not a knock on them because that not might, might not be their strength. I think when you're talking about recruiting, what does this team need? Um, just maybe some a guy that can run some kind of, you know, classic point guard type stuff. But again, you don't need a point guard to do that. You don't need a six foot guy to do that. You can you can get anybody on the court uh, that can take ownership of it and knows what needs to be what and point point things out. That can happen. You just need those roles to be filled. Um, all right. So FIU on Monday. Uh, I'm not. I, I agree. I think you make some good points. A lot of it is not really on FIU. Like, are they going to just be so good? It's like, are we ready to play? Are we ready to do what we need to do and that kind of stuff. Uh, similar with Rice, uh, you know, I was disappointed in Rice, uh, you know, watching a lot of college basketball, a lot of Conference USA uh, basketball uh, last three years. They were good. Last year, I expected them to be, you know, sort of upstarts, surprising, and they were very bad. This year, uh, a lot better. Um, I think they went up and they beat Western at Western. Um, you know, they're the same same old team, right? They got Max Fiedler, Fiedler in there. They have Olivari. He likes to shoot the ball. Uh, they play with pace and tempo. Uh, a lot of it, you know, is is uh, they they can beat you if you go like down to Houston. But it, that one's in North Texas, right? I'm not super concerned about that game, um, but I, I also don't need to pay, prepare for did it. You, did you happen to see Scott Para last night after the? You know, they they walked off. They beat UTEP. I think it was in overtime. His last second shot. Did you see what he did? No, what he did. <clears throat> 
instead of shaking hands with with Golding, like he paraded around the court, like throwing his hands up in the air and celebrating. Like the entire <laughs> court, like just ran around. Like even his <laughs> players were looking at him, like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, I gotta watch like, that now. That's. <laughs> I I'm just like the, the oh my god. I don't know. Like in his defense, maybe, uh, maybe he didn't like the way he was losing the last couple of years, and now he's like, yeah, we're finally doing it. Uh, let me let me let me talk my noise here in this regular season game. Uh, I I mean whatever. I I think that all right. The the short version of Rice is that you got to look out for them because they do some things. They can get hot and they can shoot. They have a good passing big man, so uh, they'll beat you if you're not careful. Um, but defensively, they're pretty weak. If you're executing and you're and you're doing a little bully ball, you should slice them up. Um, and then if you're if you're disciplined defensively, then you should be able to lock them up. You know, I mean, they'll hit some shots on you, and they have like Olivari is pretty good. That's my yeah. I think Usman last year like dominated Rice in the conference turn. You know, we played him three times. Yeah. We beat them by 18 in Frisco. Usman had 16 points. When we played them um, at home, or I'm sorry, when we played them away, we beat them 67 to 44. Usman only had six. It felt like he had more in that game. But that was, I think, it was like a J.J. Murray game. And then when we played them at home, we beat them like 75-43. I don't know. We we. We have dominated them because we have made it difficult, I think, for Fieldler. Like yeah. Thomas Bell, like they didn't have an answer for him, and they're they're not going to have an answer really for Aaron Scott this year either. So, I yeah, mean, Rice is better than they were last year, right? So I don't think they're going to get smacked up by 20, but I think, you know, 5 to 10 points. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of – look, so they did beat Western at Western. They went uh, to overtime against UTEP in at the end of the year. And they won, and that was at UTEP. And then they beat them again, right? So 83-82, the game you're talking about. They did lose to middle, but only by two, and that was at home. And they did lose to, to Louisiana Tech in overtime at home. So, th- you know, th- they're there. They're competing. Um, you know, you, you kind of have to look about look at them. All right, the final thing I want to talk about in the last six minutes or so, UAB. That start of the season, this matchup on the 21st was the matchup, right? Uh, UAB was expected to just run away with the conference, run away with non-conference. I think FAU's stolen a lot of their thunder. Um, and, you know, with with uh, good reason. Like, UAB's dropped a few games. Uh, the, the skinny on them, again, is that they're talented. Jelly Walker, Eric Gaines, they brought back. K.J. Buffin, Trey Jemison, our 6'11", 260 guy who has, you know, uh, bulldozer shoulders, bu- you know, big monster shoulders. Um, he's always It's always tough for us to, to deal with them. But they, they make too many turnovers, right? They're they sloppy with the ball. And the way you saw with UAB, right? They they I watched the, the Western Kentucky game. Um, they, they played Western Kentucky on Wednesday. And they lost that one by two, but it was really by four. They lost that game a little earlier. Um, and a lot of it was just terrible turnovers. Like they're just driving the lane, throw a terrible pass, and then Western get off and run and, and get an easy bucket. Bad decisions late. They still have a lot of talent. And Jelly Walker nearly tied the game with a 4.3. Uh, it, it just wasn't called. 
Uh, but he hit a three after sprinting full court, cut it to, to one with, like, you know, a couple seconds left. Basically, if you give them a chance, they have enough talent that they can take advantage of it, even if they play poorly. But, um, you know, I, I think they're they're tough. They're tough inside. They're strong. They're just physical, right? Strong dudes, front, strong front court, speedy back court. That's uh, it's a tough combination. Yeah, I mean, when we played them last year and when we beat them, at UAB, off the, the Tyler Perry last second three. Mm-hmm. We had no business being in that game. Like, <laughs> it just, it felt like a game, like, that we shouldn't have won, but somehow we did win. So, I mean, look, like, everything you said, UAB, great talent offensively, bad turnovers at bad moments. They're just kind of careless with the ball. They're also not as good defensively as they were last year. Yeah. Like, and, and some of that has to do with, you know, Quan Jackson was there last year, was a great defensive player. And, and they don't really have that guy. They don't have a defensive stopper. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like North Texas can score on them. Um, but it, it may be difficult because of how much you talk about their physical presence, the length that they have on the wings. That could be that could cause some issues for North Texas, and again, I don't know how, like the front court. You know, you talk about Trey Jemison, but also the second guy that comes in for UAB, um, <clears throat> Javion Davis. I think he's a transfer from Mississippi State, six foot nine. Like to me, he's a better offensive player than Jemison. Like that dude is <laughs> is extremely tough. So if Usman gets in foul trouble. There is no way that you can live with just Jaden Martinez guarding either Jemison <laughs> or Javion Davis. You have to play the other guy, Sissico. Like you, you have to. There's no other. You, you just can't do it. Like I, I know they're going to because I know Usman's going to be in foul trouble because that's just what he does. And we're going to stick Aaron Scott on Trey Jemison and be like, okay, well <laughs> here you go. And like, <clears throat> it's going to work out for us offensively because it worked out offensively yesterday. Like when, when Usman was in foul trouble, we put Scott at the five and they had golden guarding him. And then like, he was just blown by golden for easy layups and missing some of them too. <laughs> so like the, the same thing's going to happen like in this game. Uh, but I just like the, again, the way that UAB is built with the physical presence, the length, and we, we do not have a guy that can guard Jelly Walker. Like, well, I, I mean, like nobody does, <laughs> but like the poor man's Jelly Walker is Kobe Williams, and we couldn't keep that dude out of the paint either. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the whole Louisiana Tech offense against us was they would dribble, they would create contact, and hope for a foul. Like that, <laughs> that's all they were doing. Like, it was. Okay, Kobe Williams, I'm going down the lane. I'm going to throw up a shot and hope for a foul. And they were getting the call. Same thing with Crawford. Again, Kobe Williams, really great, really fast offensive player. Jolly Walker is even faster. So what do you do to guard him? Yeah, and the other thing is that Kobe Williams doesn't have a pull-up game like Jelly Walker. That that makes him extra fast is that Jelly can pull up, like, you know, going full speed, and he'll stop and then rise and fire and hit a three. And so that means you got to get closer to him. So then you get two steps closer to you to him, and then he's four steps beyond you because he just sped by you. Uh, really, he's, he's I like it, <laughs> it. I've always thought this when since they've had Jelly Walker. Like I'm gonna let him take whatever shot he wants to take, as long <laughs> as it's behind the three point line. Like he takes so many bad threes. I don't yeah. know, like how I get it. He's a great player, but Andy Kennedy, I'm like. 
there's a time and a place when you shouldn't pull up from 56 feet. <laughs> and like, I don't think like that kid knows when not to shoot the ball. So <laughs> I, I think mean, the, if you're the, North Texas, it's like, don't let other players beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing is like, here's a guy that can score in 10 different ways. That's fine. Don't let the guy that can only score in two ways beat you. Right. This guy can only ca- he can do a catch and shoot three or he can dunk the ball. Don't let him do either of those. Like, make that guy show you, you know, his, you know, make him play left-handed. Make him have to do a pump fake, you know, uh, uh, crossover dribble spin move because he doesn't have that in his game. And if he's doing that, then you're winning. But if Jelly Walker's, doing, you know, he has more options to beat you. So whatever, like, you know, that that's that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, they had the three games that they lost in a row: Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Western Kentucky. And then you look through the rest of their losses, Toledo, Toledo's okay, lost at West Virginia. But again, nobody's really been able to keep them under 76 points. Um, and the projected final from Kim Palm next Saturday has UAB beating North Texas 70 to 67. If we get into the 70s, yeah, there's no way North Texas. Again, it's got to be just an ugly basketball game for North Texas to, to win. Right. And if you're able to limit some of the other factors, if you're able to, you know, not let Eric Gaines create a dunk contest on you because (laughs) the dude is, but he's probably the most athletic player in conference USA. There's no way. If you can keep KJ Buffin and Jimison off the boards, if you can keep the, the one guard for them, Ladarius Brewer from hitting threes, then you you know I think you have a shot at winning that game. I just think it's it's going to be incredibly difficult. I I think North Texas is probably going to lose three or or maybe four more games. I, I would say three. You know, looking at the schedule, I think they're probably. I would say I would predict them to lose at UAB. <clears throat> I think you know Charlotte the way that Charlotte plays. They might lose one of those games. And then, you know, UTEP is so good defensively. They gave us so many troubles last year. Like, I could see us losing to UTEP. I could see us losing at home to Middle Tennessee. I could see Western Kentucky, you know, having a, an amazing game. So, well, I mean, yeah, so, so a couple of that. I don't, I think teams that play slower and more deliberate, I'm not really concerned about them because they're playing, you know, it's that Bane line, right? Like you, you adopted slow play. But we were born in it. This is where the we are. This this is what we do, you know. And I think middle kind of got caught up in that. And they were like, "We want to play tough and physical and grind." And they're like, "Okay, you want to do this? This is what we do." Um, and so I, I think the teams that speed us up. But like you mentioned Kobe Williams. His speed changes the calculus a little bit. We don't have a JJ Murray. You know, we got a Kai Huntsbury now. Kai Huntsbury brings a little more offense, but he's not a <laughs> defensive stopper. And so that that changes your your math on a Kobe Williams, right? And a Jelly Walker, uh, it you know it, it puts a little bit more strain. You're going to give up a couple more buckets. Um, so I'm concerned. You know, just looking at the same schedule, I don't know what the UTEP's going to be like. We haven't played them yet, right? We play them in January and then uh, about into February. So well, they're going to be a different team, right? It's going to be a month from now. You don't know. They're going to be more settled into who they want to be, but they're still figuring it out. They have like nobody that was on the squad last year right Keontae Kennedy is at Memphis I saw him play for Memphis uh, over here in St. Louis um and he was yeah, like the only thing problem. like about UTEP is number one defensive efficiency yeah and conference play and so like 
our concerns offensively. That's just why I said like I yeah, think no, he's going to give us trouble. I get that. So North Texas number two <clears throat> defense, UAB is number one offense, and I, I think that's where it challenges. Like UAB just has a lot of ways to score. And North Texas is good at stopping teams that have one or two, right? So you have three or four. It just stretches you a lot. And I think you saw a little bit of that versus Florida Atlantic, um, who has yeah, about three ways to score. A lot of it is just catch and shoot from a bunch of guys. But they had Golden, and then they had Rosado, and they were both getting buckets in there. Usually a team only has about one big man that could score. But they had two. And so that, that changed the calculus a little bit. Like you are saying, like, it couldn't be like, well, all right, well, once he sits, we'll sit our guy, and then we'll just kind of match up with them, and then and we'll play their their big man that just set screens, kind of play him even, don't let him do it. They had two guys, so you had to you had to extend your game plan a little bit. All right, so my concerns are are Western in Denton because they're going to be mad about it, and they have talent. <laughs> uh, one thing that was missing from their squad was Jordan Rawls, uh, who was instrumental in Western's win over UAB, right? That dude can get buckets. He can create his own shot. Um, you know, I think that in the post game, Western was saying something like, "You know, like we're a big team. We're not a driving team. And North Texas, you have to be a drive. You have to be a driving team against them." Um, but so, Jordan Rawls is that kind of dude. He can drive. He can create his own shot. So you have two guys who can create their own shot. You can't say we're going to focus our defense on Davion McKnight, shut him down, just help when he gets into the paint, and then close out on shooters or shooter right in Frampton. Uh, but I think Hamilton hit a couple against us, but that's, that's sort of an easy game plan to figure out. But when you're like, okay, uh, we'll get Davion McKnight attacking rotation, kick it out to Jordan walls and he can attack off the dribble, get into the paint that creates a different kind of rotation. And then, you know, it's, it's tougher to guard. So I'm a little concerned about Western at home. Uh, it just for that fact, they have a lot of talent. And they're going to ha- be motivated for a lot of reasons, right? They, they they might get their head coach back, but they're they're at at the very least settling into a, to the interim guy. Um, you know, Stansbury's been out with a with a health issue. They said. Um, look, I'm not concerned about FIU Rice. I think a lot of those games are they're like they're any team could beat you if you're not paying attention. But they're easier to game plan because they have like one option. FIU is like Denver Jones, and they play with tempo. Okay, Rice, you said Max Fiedler, Olivari, that's their game. They, then they don't have a great defense. UTSA is garbage. Uh, they're easy to get to lose against, but they're garbage. UTEP, tough defense, but I still think that they're figuring out who they are. You know, we talked about that problem, right, that, that North Texas is not as good of a team, like cohesive, as FAU just because there's not that familiarity there. I think UTEP is a little bit less than that. They're good. You can li- you like a lot of their plans, but they're not really put together. Yet. They're still doing a little bit of thinking, right? Should I go here? Should I go there? That kind of stuff. But it's the UAB games. Those are the ones that, that are concerning to me. Um, I think you got Tech away. That's always tough. And, you know, but I thought they got helped out a lot by the refs. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, they, they did. They did. <clears throat> All right. So, I mean... Um, uh, I think Kim Pomp says what we lose four more games too, right? They say we go fourteen and six. Or he says it. His algorithm says it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to Minger Nation podcast. Uh, we will be doing this again on Sunday, uh, next Sunday. Uh, we'll try to get Greg again. You know, he's he's an important guy. He's the most important guy in the state of Texas, <laughs> I hear. And uh, <laughs> you heard wrong. You heard. Uh, that's right. Here I have, I have uh, you know, little little spies, little birdies everywhere. 
Uh, so you know, thanks thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we're gonna try. I know we're we're saying it. Uh, it would have been cool to get some people down to to um, Boca Raton for that game. Uh, I mean, here's here's a fact. You want to hear the facts? Uh, North Texas uh, North Texas fans are pretty tight with their money. You go ask Jared Mosley, he'll tell you. Um, and then <laughs> you can see that mingrenation.com is not you know rolling hand over fist in in cash. Um, and so you know we try to do some fun stuff. We try to be prudent with our dollar. Uh, you know, we try to kick a little money to some freelancers here and there to just make it interesting. A lot of it's saving up for trips, right? We're going to try to go down to Frisco, um, this, that, and the other. Um, so if you want to see stuff like that and you have a business, you want to sponsor it, I mean, we're happy to do that. Be, you know, Greg's Hot Takes brought to you by, I don't know, Bush's Chicken. <laughs> I don't know what, whatever, whatever it was. We'll hap- we're happy to take your money and do some business. Uh, with the idea that a lot of these things would be, you know, it it'd make it easier to send people down hither and thither. Um, so like, you know, Alex Kelly's doing some freelance work for Minger Nation. You know, he's like, I could probably make it down there. I'm like, yeah, I'll send you down there if, you know, maybe we can get a sponsorship or something. All that was a little too short notice. But like this UAB trip, right, it's coming up it's on the 21st. Uh, that's an easy one to get. And any of these other ones, maybe send somebody out to El Paso, right? Nobody wants to go but that's what i'm saying is like if you want to know i I think there's a lot of value in going to talk to north texas is a very open program right like you can go to get grant gas and he'll talk he'll talk it up and just he's he's great to talk to great to listen to um the players are 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 very open you know um it's not a closed program uh but you know you have it takes time and effort to go in there and to ask them questions. And what I think is a good question. So you can go in there and be like, "Tell me about a time that you scored a <laughs> point." You know, like that's that's not interesting. I wouldn't want to answer that question. Uh, but I think everybody, every human, is um, happy to speak about something that they are passionate about, right? You know, you go to a knitting circle and you start talking. Like, so when you're doing this, you know, whatever stitch here, like tell me about it. And they'll, they'll talk all day about it. You know, but if you're like so you like what you do and I, yeah yeah I, I like it yeah i'm in a knitting club yeah i like it you know I mean? <laughs> that is not not fun so anyway we try to do the the former not the latter anyway ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening to the show gummy green <laughs>